morning of the series, Love Is. Everybody say, Love Is. And we are taking our text from 1 Corinthians 13, verse number 4 through 8. 1 Corinthians 13, verse number 4 through 8. The Bible says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Everybody say that last line with me. Everybody say it. Say, love never fails. The last line, verse number eight. Go back to verse number eight. Let's say that again. Y'all ready? Three words. Go. This morning, I want to preach from this subject, love is trustworthy. Love is trustworthy. Question, can your love be trusted? <laughs> can it be trusted? <sighs> there are a number of appropriate words used to describe the character and nature of God. But in our time together, I want to present one that is extremely important but often overlooked. And that word to describe the character and nature of God is unpredictable. God is unpredictable. Our peace would increase and our stress would decrease if we would accept the revelation that God is full of surprises. need to say that one more again because you need to let that settle in your spirit. Our peace would increase and our stress would decrease if we would accept the revelation that God is full of surprises. A failure to accept that reality is a setup for stress and an equation for frustration because frustration is always a result of failed expectations. You aren't frustrated by what you don't expect. Slow bus came in here. Let me say that one more time, one more again. You aren't frustrated by what you don't expect to happen. And when your expectations are out of alignment, you will constantly be frustrated. Because if you expect God to move in ways you plan and you predict, you can prepare yourself to be frustrated with God because God is unpredictable. Everybody say that. God is unpredictable. Now, I am in no way saying that God is inconsistent in his character. The writer of Hebrews says, come on, finish this for me. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Come on, y'all don't know no Bible, so we're going to learn it. He's the same He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Let's say that one more time. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. What does that mean? He is consistent in his character. <coughs> he is consistent in his character. He is consistently blessing you. But he's unpredictable when he does it. He is consistently making ways for you. But he is unpredictable in how he does it. He is consistently open doors, but he is unpredictable in which doors he opens. He is a consistent God, but even though there are no inconsistencies in his character, there is unpredictability in his activity. You can predict who he will be, <clears throat> but you can't predict what he will do. And because of his unpredictability, my trust, my faith has to be rooted in who he is and not in what he does. <coughs> because if my love for God is rooted only in what he does, then my love, watch this, will be reactionary. And love, ladies and gentlemen, is not a reaction. Love is a choice. You choose to love. And because real love says, if you don't do what I expect you to do, I choose to still love you. And if you don't work the way that I had pre-planned it in my head, I still love you. <coughs> so my love moves from reaction.
over into God's reputation. In other words, that's the difference, ladies and gentlemen, between praise and worship. Because I praise God for what he has done. That's a reaction. But my worship is because of who he is. That's his reputation. Because the last time I checked, God's reputation was all right with me. God, I wish I had somebody. Is there anybody here that know God is faithful? He is consistent. He is dependable. He is all-powerful. He is generous. He is loyal. He is compassionate. He is forgiving. He is kind. He is reliable. And that is his reputation. And even if he's not doing what I think he should be doing, my worship never leaves because my worship was founded in his reputation. Is there anybody in here that can say, God's reputation is all right with me because he makes ways out of nowhere and he's opened doors after door. I got to give God glory even when he's not moving because his reputation can stand all by itself. And as we journey through to discover what love is, we looked at last week how love always protects. We learned that that it is impossible for me to love you and not cover you. That's why the Bible says that love covers, what is it, a multitude of sins. And we looked at how love is a covering. Y'all remember this from last week? Trouble, seasons, and exposure. But on this week, we will investigate how love always trusts. King James has a funny phrase right here. He, he says, love believes all things. Wait a minute, Pastor. Because <laughs> there's some people I love that I don't believe some of the stuff that's coming out of their mouth. But if you don't know what the word means in its original, you will misinterpret the text. It means that love takes the best and kindest view of a person in all circumstances. Can I say that one more time? Love takes the best and kindest view of a person in all circumstances. It means if I love you, I can't sit in the seat of the cynic. I can't be pessimistic when I look at you. I can't be a secret critic towards you. It is a love that sees the best in others or gives people, watch this, here we go, something we don't do anymore, the benefit of the doubt. It means I'm choosing to believe the best about you and not the worst. So um, I was praying about this word, and I said, God, I need to kind of lay this word out so that they understand this. And the word there. Uh, believes all things that always trust uh, gives three examples of what it means all right so I want to give you three types of trusting love three types of trusting love all right you say you trust them you, you say you trust who they are um, but I need to show you what love really does when you trust somebody okay because some of our trust is only built upon how far I can see you <coughs> And if I can't see you, I don't trust you. And some people, even if they're standing in front of you, you still don't believe them. So I want to kind of give you an example. Um, Deacon uh, uh, Jimmy and Jennifer, can you come be my example this morning? Surprise! Pastor is also unpredictable. Come up. Y'all give them a hand. Give them a hand, please. All right. Y'all come on up on stage. Come on up on stage. Come on up on stage. Uh, Deacon Jimmy, stand here. Uh, Jennifer, I almost said Deaconess Jennifer, stand here. Y'all face each other. Face this way. Face this way. All right. All right. Um, uh, Deacon Jimmy and Jennifer are married. <clears throat> and what we don't understand is that when it comes to trusting people or it comes to believing all things, believing the best about people, we have to have the right view of them. Okay? Because our view, how we see them, determines how we trust them. Okay, y'all ready for this? Okay, here we go. Um, The first type of trusting love, number one, come on, is blind love. Love is. How many of you have ever been blind in love before? God says, watch this, the highest level of love is found in blind love. 
Blind love says, I refuse to yield, watch this, to suspicion and doubt when I look at you. I'm coming for you now. Because if I'm not careful, hear this, my flesh, my fears, and my failures will fuel my imagination to believe the worst and expect the worst from you. Y'all getting quiet. But when love always trusts, it means my love for you uh, believes the best about you and not the worst. Okay, so here we go. You ready? Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Jennifer, when you met Deacon Jimmy, he came with a set of issues. Um, he came with a set of issues um, that you didn't see with the natural eye. Okay? Mm. Some of your issues, like some of them out there, is you come with, uh, turn this around, here we go, in some insecurities. Come on, let's flip it, let's go. You come, sometimes you inconsiderate. I call these my five eyes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes uh, Deacon Jimmy, he loved the Lord, but he can be inconsistent at times. You know, Deacon Jimmy, he's a good man. However, uh, he comes with some issues where, uh, here's the next one, he can be sometimes impulsive. Oh, that ain't you? Okay. Um, and, 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 you know, he's a good man, but sometimes Deacon Jimmy can be a little irresponsible. Did you not know that people come like this in relationships? You're so nutty. You think it's all about love and sex and just having a good time. But the reality is, wrapped up in that person you so googly-eyed over, they got some issues, boo, just like your behind got issues. I need you to touch your neighbor and say, you got some issues. You got some issues. You sitting up in church this morning trying to act like you ain't got no issues. But wrapped up in that little pretty package you got, you got some issues. Behind the mac uh, mascara and behind the nice lovely hair and behind the outfit, you got some issues. I know you saying praise the Lord in here. But oh, push you at the right moment and you'll say some stuff we never thought would come out your mouth. I wish I had some honest people on this morning. Y'all sitting up here trying to fake me this morning. But is there anybody in and say, yeah, I look real good on the outside, but up under this, it's a mess, boo. Is there anybody here that can say like your pastor, honey, up under this, this is a mess. So you get married, and they got some stuff wrapped up in them that you didn't know was them. And if you love them, watch this, you got to see them with blind love. So, uh, Jennifer, you know what ends up happening? Come hold this for me. In order to love Deacon Jimmy with all them flaws you just saw, because after a while, you will see those flaws, and after a while, they will manifest themselves, the only way that you can truly love him is you got to go blind <laughs> to who he is. No, stay with me. Stay with me because you're going to miss the revelation. You're going to miss it. Uh, you're going to have to go blind. Watch this. Now, some of y'all went straight to Bird Box, but you didn't understand the revelation behind this. Because what ends up happening is, watch this, how you see them is determined how you will love them. So on top of being blind, you still got to put them glasses on. Just stay right over there. Watch this. That the only way she can love him is she got to go blind to some of his stuff. See, you want a perfect little package that comes just so neatly together because you stood at that altar and they look so wonderful and great. They smell real good. But what they didn't tell you was that their feet stank. And what they didn't tell you was that they will leave that toilet seat up and don't care that you done said 17 times, can you please put it down? What they don't tell you is that sometimes they're going to go, they're going to get a little upset and say some things to you that you thought they would never be able to say. And you got to realize if you're going to love them, I got to love you blind. Here's a revelation. You ready for this? Because sometimes the only way I could forgive you is I got to be blind to who you really are. 
Y'all don't like this level of love. Oh, you just want sex. I wish some of y'all single people would get off this bandwagon of talking about you want to be married. No, just be honest and say you just want some sex because you don't really want to love somebody when they are inconsiderate, when they are insecure, when they got issues and problems. No, you just want to have sex. But if you're going to be married to somebody, you got to love the good and the bad. Grab your neighbor's hand and say, do you really love me? Jennifer, your glasses falling down. Hold them up a little bit. There you go. All right, here we go. See, when you love someone without realizing it, you learn, watch this, to react to the other person's actions in a reactionary way. We start responding to circumstances without thinking what loving that person really means. And if we're not careful, when we are offended or hurt by the person that we love, we guard ourselves, listen to this, by expecting the worst from them and believing the worst about them. Did you know that was a mechanism you're using? You're trying to guard how you feel, so all of a sudden you start looking for the worst of them because that makes you feel better about who they really are. But God's saying, I didn't ask you to love people like that because you know why? I didn't love you like that. I knew the full truth of who you were, and I still loved you. I knew you was jacked up and messed up, but I looked beyond your faults and saw about all your needs. And how dare you try to love somebody else with your eyes wide open as if they got to get it all together. I gave you time to get it together. Why can't you give them time to get it together? Y'all don't want to be married. Shut up. You don't want to be married. But when you love someone with blind love, it says that in spite of your past flaws and failures, I'm choosing to go blind in order to love you. You don't believe me? That's what Jesus did with the woman that was caught in the act of adultery. In John chapter 8, the Bible says that the teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought this immoral woman to Jesus and says the law commands that we should stone her. We caught her in the act of adultery. They say, what do you say, Jesus? The Bible says Jesus tells them, who, who is without sin, let them cast the first stone. Y'all know that. Jesus stoops down and starts to write on the ground. Text says that the men began to walk away one by one until the woman was standing there alone. John eight verse no, John chapter eight verse number ten through eleven. Jesus asked, uh, asked her, "Where are your accusers at? Has no one condemned you?" The woman said, "No, ain't nobody condemned me." Jesus said, neither do I. I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. Jesus is showing this woman, I love you with a blind love that says in spite of your past, in spite of your mistakes, in spite of your flaws, in spite of your failures, I love you enough not to see you in the light of what you did. I know you messed up, but my love chooses you to see who you will be and not who you are today. God help me. God, is there any single person in here say, let me find that kind of love that don't love me for who I am today, but love me for who I will be tomorrow. I need some married people to realize you can't love your spouse for who they are today. You got to look beyond who they are today and see who they shall be because who they shall be is greater than who they are right now. Is there anybody here that say, I thank God that he didn't give up on me on who I used to be. I thank God that he didn't leave me based upon who I am today but he's looking at me or who I shall be that's the kind of love I need in my life my love for you gives me the ability to see the best in you even when you don't display the best can I ask you something what would the church be if we loved each other with a blind love What family drama would stop if we loved each other with a blind love? Married people, divorce wouldn't even be an option if you operated in blind love. But can I tell you what blind love does? Because I don't know if you're ready for this. Here we go. Blind love makes us vulnerable to being disappointed. She's blind. She can't see he's irresponsible, inconsistent. She can't see that he's inconsiderate. Watch this. In other words, I'm not going to hold that past, hold that to past to you, your past to you. I'm going to see that you made a mistake, but every morning that I get up, I choose not to see you as that mistake you made. I knew I wasn't going to get many amens on this. So the only way that Jennifer can love Jimmy is she has to go blind in order to love him. But blind then makes you vulnerable to being disappointed again question is, can you run that risk with your love? But there's benefits to going blind. Can I give you the benefits to going blind? 
Because what that does for a person to be loved like this inspires them to live on the level of that love. God, you missed that. When someone loves you blind and they receive and respect that love, they end up wanting to be better. God, help me. When they know that they are trusted and believe, then they want to live better. When they know they have confidence of a love like that, they will do what they have to do to continue to be loved on that level. When Jennifer looks at Jimmy and says, in spite of your flaws I still love you all of a sudden Jimmy all of a sudden wants to be a better husband and a better man because if I got a woman that loves me like that and cares for me like that then I need to rise up and be better for who I am can I tell you something when you go blind it makes them want to be a better person it makes them want to be a better wife it makes them want to be a better husband am I talking to anybody in here that say I need that kind of love because that love will push me to be a better person I'll stop being in consistent when I know you love me with all my flaws. I'll stop being inconsiderate when you love me with all my flaws because blind love pushes you to be a better person. The reason we ain't getting no better because we're making people try to perform. And you can only keep up a performance for so long. But can you love me when I don't smell good? Can you love me when I don't answer you right? Can you love me when I say the wrong thing? Can you love me when you got your hair done and I made no mention of it? Or is that going to be a five-hour argument? Pastor, you trying to say that I'm just supposed to accept all this? Thank you for asking. Everybody say blind love. Here's the next level of love. Here we go. After you go blind, you need wise love. Everybody say wise love. When the text says that you all, that love always trusts, it does not mean that you are naive, undiscerning, or incredulous. That's not what that means. Paul is not saying that love is gullible and believes everything. That ain't what he's saying here. What he is saying is that love will believe well of others unless otherwise convinced. That's exactly what that word means. Watch this. This love seeks to put the best possible outcome on the words and actions of the one that you're loving. This love sees every action a person makes and doesn't make it automatically be black and white. Well, that's just how I see it, black and white. Because maybe there's another way. There's some married people in here that could tell you there's a whole lot of gray areas that you got to work out in a marriage. Honey, everything ain't black and white. There's some shades of gray that you like, where did this even come from? I never expected this. See, this love says, in times of doubt, I will not draw conclusions by applying unjust suspicion. So, let's move on from blind love over to wise love. Watch this. So, we take this off. Take this off. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, just flip it off. Give it to you. There you go. Got another service. There you go. Hold that. So, let's move from blind love to wise love. You know how wise, what wise love looked like? I'm not blind. I can see a little bit. So I put on these. Watch this. Because I can see a little bit. Um, wise love says, if you come home late, I don't automatically think you cheating. You ready? Because wisdom operates in love and grace. Tight right now. Wise love says, don't jump to conclusions without getting all the information. Because wisdom, somebody say wisdom, operates in truth and not in my imagination. Y'all gonna make this real hard. Okay, all right. Um, how many of you let your imagination run from you to believe stuff that wasn't even true? And then you get in a whole argument about it. And come to find out your imagination ran on you. And now you looking like with egg on your face wanting to eat crow because you done created a whole scenario in your head without asking anybody any information. And that's not wise. Y'all getting quiet. Y'all getting quiet. I love you with a blind love. 
when it comes to this. But I'm now going to operate in wisdom because I'm not going to create something that ain't even there. Okay, why is this so important? Why is, why is, why is this so important? Why is wise love so important? You ready for this? It's going to help about seven of y'all. Here we go. Because wisdom takes the pressure off of trying to change people. something about to shift on me, and I'm trying to call that thing back in. But maybe the reason why people keep running from relationships with you is because they're tired of you trying to change them. Maybe the reason you've had five best friends in two years is because you're trying to make everybody change to what you want. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, that's not wise. Wisdom teaches you. Wise love teaches you. I can't change nobody. I don't care how much Jennifer loves Jimmy. Jennifer can't change Jimmy. Jimmy came with 30 some odd years of being Jimmy. So when Jennifer met Jimmy, all that was wrapped up in him. And Jennifer ain't got the power to change who he is. So the only way she had to, could love him in the first place was to have blind love. But now if I'm going to keep on loving you, I got to have wise love. Because I got to realize the wrapping I got, the package I got, came as is. Ah, you came as is. And I can't change nothing about you. So I got to accept you. Come on, Beyonce. Flaws and all. Wisdom teaches you you can't change people. If Watch this. Okay. All right. Here's what I discovered. You ready, Jennifer? This, this is a revelation. This is going to bless some of you. I, I, I realize this. If people are not on my heart, then they're on my nerves. Some of y'all sitting here like, I want to bust you inside your head with this microphone so bad. Because you're sitting up here like, oh, that ain't me. The devil is a liar. If somebody is not on your heart, I guarantee you they're on your nerves. Here's what I've discovered. And if I want to get you off my nerves, I must get you on my heart. I'm trying to help somebody. If I'm praying for them, here's what I've discovered. Then they don't bother me as much. And can I tell you the reason why some people are wearing you thin? Because you ain't praying. Wisdom says that my love has to move you from my nerves over into my heart. So wisdom kicks in and tells me you need to pray. Look at Philippians 1 verse number 4. The Bible says whenever I pray, I make requests for all of you with joy. Wisdom says I choose to pray instead of complaining. Jimmy, Jennifer says you done came in this house. You did not notice that she had lost a little weight. You did not notice that she had cleaned up the house. You just, I mean, inconsiderate as can be. You just, I mean, all she slayed all day long at work, just like you. <laughs> and the least you could have done was pick up that that piece of clothing off the floor after you saw how she done went to work all day. I mean, can you cook sometimes? Why, why, why I got to come home and, and, and I got to cook. I work nine hours a day just like you. Why you can't cook sometimes? Oh, watch this. Here we go. Here we go. And you know how, Jim, how Jimmy hears that? You ready? Let me give you to, uh, to the mind of a man. You ready? Here's the mind. What men want, let me tell you what they, what they hear. Let me tell you what they hear. Jennifer said all that. You know what he heard? Brothers, am I telling the truth right through here? You heard the first three words and you knew it was an attitude, so you just shut down after that. So you know what happens after that? Here we go. I can't believe. 
now your feelings hurt. You know why my feelings hurt? Jennifer ain't going to tell you this. My feelings are hurt because you didn't hear my complaining. You did not acknowledge. Here we go. You didn't acknowledge. Y'all ain't going to like this. You didn't acknowledge my nagging. Getting tight? You didn't acknowledge it. And because you didn't acknowledge it, now get ready to pay with silence. How are you? Fine. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Nothing. And you shift the atmosphere of the whole house. Yeah. Little Jamal in the house, somehow. I don't know what's wrong with him. <laughs> now, I want to be clear. I ain't woman bashing because men do the exact same thing. We will have hurt feelings and won't even tell you. And so, because you want to take care of it in that moment and we don't. Now, you get an attitude, and you try to push it on the rug, and he, he come back three days later. Remember when we was talking the other day? <laughs> and by that time, the emotion that you felt is gone, and you could care less at that point. Come on, we both do it. So, so let, me go, let me go a little bit deeper. Let me go a little bit deeper. This is why prayer works a whole lot better than nagging. This is why prayer works a whole lot better than complaining. Watch this. I can't make you do anything for a miracle. I can't turn you into the perfect person, so I'm going to pray. Question, does nagging work? Does complaining work? Does arguing work? But I got another question for you. Does prayer work? And can I just go ahead and tell you, ain't nothing like a praying woman. Because when she gets to praying, God hears her prayer, and all of a sudden, uh, that conviction falls on Deacon Jimmy. And he had work talking about, I need to text her. Hey, what's up? How you doing? Fine. What did you need? Nothing. I'm just calling. I'm just texting you just to see how you doing. Watch this. She didn't have to argue to get that. All she had to do was tell her God. You want to go deep? Let's go deep. This ain't on the script, but let me, let's go deep. This is why order is so important. Because if God is first, and the man is the head, and the wife follows the man, if the wife has a problem with the man, she don't have to go to the man. She could go to his God. And when she goes to his God, God will turn around and say, brother, let me tell you something. I gave you that jewel. I gave you that gem. I gave you that awesome woman. How dare you mistreat her? And all of a sudden, he go back, I'm sorry, babe. I'm sorry. I messed up. I messed up. Because God answers the prayer of a praying wife. Is there anybody in here that say, I want, I need a lady in here that say, I need to be a prayer warrior. That when I got issues going on in my life, I ain't got to cuss. I ain't got to argue. I ain't got to Plus, I can get on my knees and call on God, and God will come see about me. I need somebody in here to give God a praise like you know that God answers prayer. All right, I'm hurrying. I'm hurrying. I'm hurrying. Watch this. So when I pray, I see love and not my frustrations. When I pray, I see you in love and not in my fears. When I pray, see you in the way that God intends for me to see. Watch this, because prayer is wisdom. It is wisdom to pray. Okay. The first kind of love was what? Second kind of love was what? Here's the third kind of love, and it's mainly for the singles. Discerning love. Now, notice this. Um, this, you can't see completely clear, because it's got, you know, it's covered up a little bit. But this one, wide open. 
Because discerning, <laughs> you need to be wide open. Here's the problem with the single folk. Because we want to be loved so bad that we don't ask God for discernment to figure out who we're dealing with. There's some people that come in your life that came straight from the pit of hell. Did you know, did you know, oh, they don't like this. Did you know, here we go, that you can love a demon? Did you know that you can love a demon? Did you know you can cry over a demon? Weep over demons. I need some single people in here to say, Pastor, I know what you're talking about because I done dated them. I done slept with some of them. I done been in relationship with some of them. A straight up demon from the pit of hell. All right. You need discernment. You need discernment. Stop letting your need go above your discernment. Because some of you want to be in, in a relationship so bad. You never even ask God, show me who they are. Watch this. Here's what you do. Here's what we do. Here's what we do. Get my stuff right on here. Here's what we do. We go get the hookup. We fall in love. Then try to bring them back to God and say, now bless them. And you know what God says to you? Jesus I know. Paul I know. But who are you? <laughs> so after you got to go through six, eight, ten months, a year of the heartache of the breakup, then you come surrender. God, give me discernment. <laughs> and as time goes on, you get lonely again. And discernment goes out the window. And your flesh takes over. Can I tell you something about your flesh? Your flesh will lie to you. Your flesh will lie to you. Your flesh will tell you, because they did one good gesture, they must be a good person. Am I talking to anybody this morning? Okay, I just want to make sure. I feel like God is like tap dancing on somebody's toes right now. And so, you know, we need to go ahead and do that. When, when you are feeling love, when you are falling into love, when you are choosing love, there must be a space allowed for discerning love. Because without discernment, watch this, you will easily fall into deception. Discernment is the process of making careful distinctions in our thinking, watch this, about truth. What is real? You need somebody? You need to say, Lord, show me who they are. Tell me where they came from. Did they come from heaven or did they come from hell? Because I'm not going to invest my heart without making sure I got some discernment on the situation. Philippians 1, verse number 9 through 10, I'm closing. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and in depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is the best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Paul says, I don't want you to love, I don't want you want love to fill your heart. I want you to overflow in with love in your life. But discernment is necessary because it allows you to live a life without compromise. And there are too many of us that get in relationships with people that we have to compromise in order to be with them. The devil is a liar. I ain't got to compromise my faith to be with you. The devil is a liar. I'm coming to church on Sunday. Now you coming with me or you ain't. But if you ain't coming with me, it's all right, but I'm not going to compromise who I am in God just to be with you. See, spiritual discernment positions you not to live your life in error. Discernment. Okay, here we go. So, Jennifer, you love Jimmy. Jimmy loved Jimmy. Jimmy got all these issues. Discernment says, watch this. I will allow discernment to show me does this person have a struggle or does this person have a lifestyle? Struggles you can clean up. Lifestyle is your character. Okay, here we go. 
So discernment will teach you. Watch this. See, when you get to know somebody, you better make sure that y'all have a disagreement so that you can see how they respond to it. I need to see how you're going to respond to when we don't see eye to eye to each other. So uh, we get in our first little fight. I need to see what you're going to do. I need to see how your language is. I need to pay attention, not to just your, your point of view. I need to pay attention to your approach. Because if I feel threatened in the way that you're responding to me, then that tells me that's a part of your character. That ain't a struggle. You don't tell me you got an anger problem. Because watch this. If I feel threatened by your words and we just dating, what happens when we get married? Is your threatening ways then going to turn into a fist upside my head? So I need to know how you're going to respond to stuff. I need to see how you're going to react to stuff. Oh, y'all, okay. You still don't believe me. Okay. Jimmy loves Jennifer. Jennifer loves Jimmy. Um, Jimmy needs to see how does Jennifer lie? Because all of us lie. Oh, okay. I have to come out here every single time they don't get it. Okay. All of us lie. How much do you make? Oh, I make 60 grand. Okay, you make 51 with bonuses that you have never reached. But when they asked you how much you make, you said 60 grand. Now that's minute. But I need to see, does your lying persist to the place that eventually we married and you lie to me about paying bills. They ain't ready for marriage. Because I don't need you telling me you paid it. And I'm sitting in the house and them lights go off. I got to see beforehand how I have to discern beforehand how big of a liar are you really? Are you going to tell me you at the gym when you actually hanging out with your boys? Right. <laughs> Somebody say discernment. discernment. I'm trying to help some single people in here. I promise you I'm trying to help some single people because I'm tired of you going through the motions. And I got to come in here and preach you up out of the mess that you got yourself up in. And God got to look and give you a word every single Sunday to tell you you ain't got to live your life like that. If you just get some discernment and wait on me. If you just get them some discernment and wait on me. If you just get some discernment and wait on me, I will show you who's for you and who is against you. I don't need you going through another year of having your heart broken. I don't need you to go through six months of a depression over somebody that never cared about you. I care about you. And I care about you so much that if you ever come to me, I'll show you who they are. Somebody say discernment. That's for the single people. How does that work in marriage? Discernment teaches Jennifer how to approach Jimmy with his issues. Because if Jimmy is irresponsible, discernment don't say wait till all the bills come in the mail to address the issue. Because now we got a twofold problem. You know what the twofold problem is? We got bills and Jennifer got fear. So now we got to deal with the, the bills and the fear at the same time. And Jimmy is not equipped to deal with both of them at the same time. So discernment says, um, let's get a bucket. I know you just got to raise Jimmy, but let's get a bucket in place. Let's see where our money going to go. Let's, let's, let's seek God and see what God has to say, how we going to put this together. Because when bills come, we don't need no stress and no strain. From bills. Do you know how many people get divorced over money issues? Something we never talk about. It's in the bedroom. But you ain't get that pen and paper together and see what that looked like. Ain't nobody pulled no credit report. 
she was walking down the aisle. Anybody that I married would tell you, one of the classes that you got to take with me, you got to pull your credit report, put it right in front of us. Come on, let's go. Who are you really? What's going on with you? Because I could be saddling myself with $100,000 worth of debt. And you won't love to override that? The devil is a liar. Touch your neighbor and say, eyes wide open. You need discernment. You need discernment. You need discernment. Don't date another person until you get discernment. Don't accept another phone number until you get discernment. Because you need to stop the cycle that you're in. Of always self-inflicted wounds because you refuse to be spiritual enough to ask God for discernment. Because ain't nothing like God showing you who a demon is. Woo, God, I felt that in my toes. Can I tell you how that feel? Let me tell you how that feel. Because when you recognize and God show you who a person is, when they end up with somebody else and you see the hell they going through, you can lift your hands and say, God, I thank you that you rescued me just in the nick of time. Is there anybody ever here that's been rescued before that God showed you what you needed to see and you was mad about it for about two days but after a while you got over it? You know why? Because God spared you from a mess that you was about to make. Somebody say discernment. So God says you got to have blind love. You got to have love and you got to have discerning love before you get married make sure you got all three before you want to get serious make sure you got all three because God don't want you making a mess of your life get some discernment get some wisdom and go blind because one day you're make you mad. And the only way you can get over it is you got to be blind to it. Because I know you're confused right now. But God wants you to stop. Because your life's talking to you. Everybody stand and take your word in your hand. Thank y'all. Y'all y'all give it up for Deacon Jimmy and Jennifer. Did anybody get anything from this on this morning? Did this bless anybody? God is saying, this is the kind of love. Believes all things. Trust always. This is the level I'm talking about. Take it out of that context. Let's put it into your friends and your church family. Do you walk in that kind of love? Or do you look at every problem, every issue, you ready? Here's a revelation. Pastor, why you got them big old glasses? Because that's how we look at them. We magnify them. That's why they were so huge. I went to the store to get some small glasses. Said, God said, uh-uh, too small. Get them bigger. Because that ain't how you looking at people. You magnify all their issues. So make them, them glasses larger. God is saying, that's what I'm calling you to. Every head bowed. Father, we thank you for your word on today. Thank you for what we have experienced in this house. We thank you for your word. God, this was a mature word. This wasn't for babes. This was a mature word. Thank you for growing us up in the love that we need to display to the ones we love. God, grow us up to love on that level. Agape love. Love without limits. That's what you called us to. We say yes, Lord. And we surrender to your will and to your way. In Jesus' name. Keep your heads bowed. Keep your eyes closed. If you don't know Jesus for yourself or you're unsure of your salvation, you never confessed the Lord Jesus Christ. My brother, my sister, I came to introduce you to a man that could change your life. He is the greatest lover of all. He loves you with all your flaws, all your issues, all your problems, and he loves you in spite of. He says, all I want to do is come into your heart. I want to make your heart my home. All you have to do is confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that Jesus died and rose from the dead. God raised him from the dead, and you shall be saved. That's all it takes, my brother, my sister. I'm going to count to three. All I need you to do is lift your hand saying, Pastor, I want to surrender my heart to the Lord. 
Secondly, if you're looking for a church home, there's no greater place than right here at Freedom, a place you can grow and mature in God, a place that you can grow. God wants you to be planted so you can grow. A plant that's not in soil ends up dying. God says, I don't want you to die spiritually. I need you to get planted in the house of God. And this is the place God wants you to be planted. I'm going to count to three. And if I'm talking to you, you want to make freedom your church home, I need you to lift your hand. So if it's to give your life to Christ or if it's to uh, uh, join this church, for whichever reason, I need you to lift your hand saying, Pastor, it's me when I count to three. Come on, let's do it today. One, God loves you. Two, this is your time. This is your season. Come on, my brother, my sister. I need you to do it. One, two, three. Lift up your hand if I'm talking to you. I see a hand in the back. Is there another? I don't want to leave nobody behind. I don't want to leave nobody behind. Hallelujah. For the one that lifted your hand, can you just step out and come down? I just want to pray with you real quick. You should be clapping as he comes. Come on. Hallelujah. Y'all should be making noise right now. Hallelujah. God bless you, my brother. God bless you. Can y'all stretch your hands this way? Father, we thank you. We honor We bless you, God, for this man of God who is stepping out, starting this new, fresh season in his life. God, I pray right now that you cover him from the crown of his head to the sole of his feet. God, unite him and join him to this body. God, we thank you for what you're doing in his life. Devil, you're a liar. You tried everything to prevent him from being here on today. But God, you covered him and kept him. So God, we pray right now for a fresh start, a new day. The rest of his life will be the best of his life. And we decree and declare blessings over him now. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say amen. 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 Come on, clap your hands. If you don't mind, just follow him. Minister Winchell, just follow him. He'll take you out. Come on, you should be clapping better than that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As the minister comes now to lead you further into worship for our time of giving, you can be seated in the presence of the Lord as the minister moves into place now to carry us further in service. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands one more time and give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah, freedom. Hallelujah, freedom. Did that not bless you this morning? Hallelujah. We know we need some new kind of love. I'm going to raise my hand and be the first to say that I have not ex uh, experienced all three of those in my own life. And I'm married already. Hallelujah. I learned new ways to love my wife. Hallelujah, God. I'm going to go home like, baby, you know, <laughs> I love you in spite of me. Hallelujah. Because I may 